Hey Geekscapists, welcome to the first episode of Geekscape in 2011. This is episode 194. I'm Jonathan London over here on the left side if this is your first Geekscape. This is your favorite movies, video games, and comic book news and review show where we talk, uh, we, we talk about like the last week in Geek, uh, usually with a guest. And um, every time I, I have a new guest, I like to switch it up. And this is Whitney Siebold, who you guys might recognize from the Geekscape.net website as one of our prominent writers. Every week he has the, the, the weekly Whitney, is what we're going to start calling it. And I, I get an article, a, a, a feature named after me, that's, that's very flattering. I think we're going to put it in like its own section, the weekly Whitney. Uh, because you, like up, up in the corner is these are some of the most page. like unorthodox crazy lists they're top 10 lists yes and usually they let me fix your mic i oh, think that's sorry. a problem with the thing it's like it's way out that's let's see i know i know you have chest hair and see see yeah, i touch other people's un- boobs um and uh every week he takes like a top 10 list and some of the other some of the top 10 lists sometimes they're, they're pretty appropriate like when Harry Potter came out, you said the top ten uh, most fictional it was imaginary sports. Imaginary sports, that sports week. That was a fun which Rotten Tomatoes then totally ripped off, you know, and did not the, nearly the, as well. They're, they're welcome to their but mediocre, they paltry version of what I do. Yeah, they did, so they did not have the Seabold factor. And then um, Geekscape.net seeding <laughs> ideas for other sites. Yeah, uh, and then we had this uh, <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, you had the imaginary religions. Yes, that was pretty damn funny. It was it was a fun one to come up with too. What uh, were some was, of the highlights from that list? Uh, I, I was very fond of uh, the the religion from Zardoz. I'm very <laughs> fond of Zardoz. That's uh, Zardoz the, uh, is, that's the that's the movie with uh, with James Bond, and he's got like the yeah Sean, Con- Sean Connery. It, it's, it's like this future dystopian movie. For, if people haven't seen it, you have to see, find this movie Zardoz because it, it'll it'll have sex with it's you. Sean Connery with a loincloth. Sean Connery is like this savage, you know, with his shirt off and his Yeti chest hair and a ponytail and a big Frank Zappa mustache and he's living in this like wasteland where there's this giant floating stone head floating around that like coughs up (laughs) guns to the savages who then shoot each other and then he climbs into the head and goes to this like weird alternate dystopian future where there's there's these like Eloy like eternals and he brings them the gift of death just watch the preview it'll make your face explode and there's the, yeah, this, this weird sort of cult of Zardoz that is orchestrated by these future weird... It, it's, it was, it's really special. You know, Whitney's our specialist when it comes to any, like, the gauntlet-type cult films that sometimes people have overlooked. What are some of your favorite crazy-ass films? Um, the ones that, like, like, if you want to put a gauntlet night together, which okay. is what we call getting, like, three or four of these things, and then just forcing so your friends to just run the gauntlet. Sort of like the brain-melting movies. Yeah. Uh, I saw one recently, just a few months ago. Uh, this one was unearthed by uh, by the New Beverly Cinema mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles, and uh, Criterion strangely picked up the the video rights to a movie called House. Oh, it's the a, Asian film. The Asian yeah, it was yeah. made, it was a Japanese film made in 1977, and uh, it the story it's difficult to explain. It's sort of like uh, if Mario Bava like took a handful of mescaline and directed a Scooby Doo episode, you'd get House. Uh, like s- <laughs> seven. Like Japanese schoolgirls, and they all have cutesy nicknames. Like the pretty one is named Gorgeous, and the the fat one is named Mac because she eats hamburgers. And they all have personality appropriate nicknames. Uh, go to a house which is haunted by an evil aunt. Uh, one yeah, this of them is not is... Fred Decker's scripted house. Like, no, no, yeah. this, this, not, not that, that yeah. thing from the eighties, which is a fine film yeah. you know, that has great monster effects. I love that big gray fat woman from the nineteen eighty six house. I but... house. And it's uh, not House spook- Two, it's the not second st- story. There's a movie called That's Spookies. a clever, clever nick- 
subtitle. By the, the way, you are the movie story. in the '80s called Spookies, I've which seen is Spookies. It's Spookies with this, the Asian Spider Woman deflates that guy's head, and it's obviously just a balloon. Get there you go. The yeah, yeah. It, it's but th- this one's far more. It's worse than it's, Spookies. Uh, it's it's I'm not sure if worse is the the, okay. the right it's word. Crazy. It's, it's, it's definitely it's crazier. definitely crazier. It's it's crazier than most anything I've seen. You know, there there was that era of filmmaking, the the sort of psychotronic era where things were passed sort of subtly. The internet kind of passes around new things, unfortunately. But but this is back from the old guard when you know people would go well out of their way to see like a head explode mm-hmm. or somebody's crotch melt or you know like a werewolf come out of a guy's <laughs> and, chest and then you or have a guy like cough those, up a cat then you have like those faces of death movies oh well that's that you know but that, that but comes out of yeah. that it, 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 there's comes, a scene. it comes from the tradition but you know it's the artifice that's right. the, the far more interesting there's a scene thing. In, in house where there's a dude in a car who literally just turns into like a pile of bananas he turns into bananas no it, warning it just at all doesn't, he goes to, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like he, he's the and here's the thing like at the beginning of the film he's set up as this sort of handsome hero type and he's like throughout the course of the film they cut back to him and he's slowly working his way toward the house and he's going He's going to like somehow rescue them, and then he comes to like a fruit stand, and right before he makes it to the house, he doesn't even make it to the house. Like he's just outside, and he's in like a dune buggy, he's in like Wonder Bug. It's just this horrible look. And he talks to a fruit vendor, and then for no reason at all, he becomes just a pile of banana, a human-sized pile of bananas. <laughs> And, you know, he doesn't get to do any of the heroic stuff. He just becomes yeah. bananas. The guy he talks to turns into a skeleton and dies. And, and you know, so we get no no conclusion. Just the girls yeah. meet their horrible fate up in the house. Like, one of them gets her fingers eaten by a piano. Uh, one is attacked <laughs> by her reflection in a mirror. Uh, one is, like, partially sucked into another dimension while her legs are, like, kicking a demon cat in this dimension. Um, which I know is difficult to visualize and even harder to watch. Um, but yeah, this this thing is. I had a uh, discussion New Year's with uh, with a, a, a new geek friend. Uh, we went to we went to like a couple's par- uh, dinner party, and mm-hmm. you know we get to play like charades and all this garbage. But uh, and Laura was so excited because she never. You know, she loves going to, like, couples things, and uh, and she, I never get, oh, I want to play those board games, and she loves playing board games and stuff. And uh, we were talking about House, and the person was like, in the, the banana scene, and the, it was just so crazy, like, there's no explanation. And I said, there is an explanation. It's Japanese. Like, <laughs> like, like I think that is, like... like if, if the nation's national porn obsession seem to be schoolgirls being raped by tentacle monsters, like that's they, the, it, some it's sort of Japanese. cultural indicator. And end of story. Yeah, you know. Dropping the bomb. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that on Criterion, and I think that's one of the... Like, Criterion's starting to put out Blu-rays. Yeah. Is that available? I mean... I, I think it is. I think you can get it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Incredible. You, you, you need to see these images as crisp as possible on Blu-ray. Did you? Uh, I think it's one of the, those movies that will actually be enhanced if you get to see it in a theater with a bunch of people who are high, and the print is old and kind of scratched, and it jumps around a bit. That this—that's what House is. You, you can't <laughs> sit in and download and watch it on a computer. That's you know the the best cult movies are the communal cult movies. Absolutely. Uh, how, you know, I saw House late at night. It was after hours. It was a midnight at the screening Berlin, yeah, yeah. At, at the New Art. Actually, the New Art, we, we where had, you work, where I work. Uh, we had a, a midnight screening of it, so I mm-hmm. went to see it there. Sold out great crowd half of them were high out of their minds and you know when you're not high you feel like you are right. which i you know that that's what i do i actually don't 
smoke drugs. I just try to find these movies that make me feel like I'm high. <laughs> and and House really fits the bill. It's it's one of those. That's great like heroin. That, that, that's not even like weed. <laughs> house is just like a straight into like something How, yeah, I guess crazy. House, house is the harder stuff. That's like one of the ones where you leave your body. It's like one of those drugs where you leave your body and you're like, oh, I could be dead. I could not mm. be dead. You know. But my favorite bit was uh, we, the. the when the hero is sort of making his journey, he stops to get ramen at a little ramen restaurant. It's this tiny little room full of people, and the ramen chef is a bear. Uh, like it, it's a it's a guy in a bear suit, and it's preparing the ramen. Nobody comments on the fact that you know nobody makes a joke. There's no sort of clever framing device. There's no warning that a bear was going. There's just a bear in the in the ramen restaurant making the ramen for this guy. And one one person in the audience like just stood up and said, "Wait a minute, slow down." <laughs> The movie was just going. Was somebody like in the audience. Somebody, somebody in the audience is like freaking one, out. One guy, yeah, he did freak out and he actually had to leave the theater for a little bit. He was freaking. He was like, hot, he was drunk and high on weed, and he just couldn't handle it. The bear just shows up. Did you ever out. see this movie Tom Popo? And it's like the Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like Juice a Karate Kid of ramen. of ramen restaurants. Yeah, it's like it's like a training up to to save the restaurant and learn to be great. In the, right in the middle of the scene, there is the, right in the middle of that film, there is that sexual seafood scene where they're putting like crawfish they're like, they're on like, each other. <laughs> so there's like, that like, scene where uh, if, if anybody hasn't seen Tom Popo, Juzo Itami it's actually a from, really from 1987, it's it's excellent. Yeah. It's um, Juzo Itami's dead. He only made a few films, but they're all great. He made a really great one called The Funeral. But yeah, there's this, uh, a scene in in uh, Tom Popo where there's a lot of asides. Mm-hmm. The main story is they're trying to find the perfect bowl of ramen, and the then there's like that little sexual aside mm-hmm. where they're they're like rubbing uh, like wasabi on each other, and, and then they, then they put they that get the crawfish it's like, like in a, a bowl. It's like a crawfish is a big one too. It's almost in like a lobster. A bowl and they put it in like, like a our little, stomach. And they suck it onto her stomach, and <laughs> she she's like all, riding like her, around and giggling. She's all aroused by it. And I tried I, it. I, I guess I did not work. See how yeah. that would be sexual, but uh, you know, and, and, you know, f- food fun. I like my food to be kind of inert. Yeah. When I'm playing with it, well, your food, maybe, but maybe you don't, you don't want your much, sexual to- toys to be in, right? Um, <laughs> it's you know, I just have fun with it. Um, guys, I went to see a, a movie uh, with my wife like the day before New Year's. It was um, King's Speech. It was one of these movies that everybody's like, you know what? Before the year's over, it was really like we have our top ten films up on the website. We have our uh, our list of best of 2010, and I was like, you know what? Before I put the final word on 2010 on my list, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see the King's Speech, which everybody's telling me is great. The subject uh, matter did not seem that interesting to me, but when you start hearing about the performances, Jeffrey Rush, Colin well, Firth, you get a cast like that together, it'll, you it's at least gonna it. be interesting. And uh, this movie is—I mean, you saw it as well. I did. This movie is about uh, Queen Elizabeth's father, right? Yes. Uh, King George the Sixth. Yes. And he had a stuttering problem, and he was. Third in line to the throne At the beginning of the movie He is the king's son He's second in line behind his older brother For the throne And he has such a horrible speech impediment That that first agonizing scene Where he has to address Wembley Stadium And the entire uh, You know The entire British Empire Mm. And he can barely talk Is so painful to watch and the movie does such a good job And so so over the course of the film He finds an unorthodox speech therapist In Jeffrey Rush Who forces him not only to Learn how to speak properly And, and face his fears But you know it, it goes all the way back to his own fears About it possibly goes being king his psychology as well Which is and they have like this love-hate relationship That turns into like a huge friendship mm-hmm. And the movie really goes to some cool places But uh 
the performances, you can talk about the performances. My dog may be barking throughout this episode. <laughs> the the, the, uh, the performances are exactly what you would expect from, uh, from, uh, from actors like of this Colin caliber. Firth and Colin Firth is, is the king. Yeah, and Jeffrey and Rush, Jeffrey the Rush is the speech therapist, who is an Australian. And Helen Bonham Carter, who is, is the, the, the queen mother. The queen mother. And, uh, which, which creates weird cognitive dissonance. Because, you know, <laughs> Helen Bonham Carter is a very attractive actress. Mm-hmm. I know she is, like, a huge fetish object in certain circles. And she plays the queen mother, who, who is, like, you know, as, as sexy as a brick. Right. She, she's... When if you know, I, I grew up with the Queen Mother, sort of wandering around growling at people. You know, she, mm-hmm. she, she's like the kind of mean old lady who would kick children and punch kids in the gut just for fun. And you know, here's Helena Bonham Carter. It, it, it's that's like you know, seeing Jonathan Reese Myers, who's you know this very handsome guy yeah. playing like King Henry VIII, yeah. who's supposed to be this evil guy, evil fat guy who's yeah. like killing and shagging all these women and stealing money from churches. This weird sort of revisionism, you know. Evil, horrible British monarchs as like these sexy, sex objects. <laughs> sexy, hey. trying to sexualize evil. I think they did a good job of making. She did a great job of of playing a pretty plain. Oh yeah, queen yeah. I mean they, they tried to, tried to her up a bit. But. Great, and um, and I mean everything. Everything about the acting was solid. The script was really well done, and then the mm. cinematography and it was just awesome the way they shot the movie well, off kilter a bit mm-hmm. and it really puts you in a, in, a, in, a, in a in a place of engagement watching something that when I just describe it to you doesn't sound that, that interesting or that engaging well, it, it, or it, exhilarating it, it really puts you on in on I, nerve the, the, the real genius of the film was how it focused on the two men rather mm-hmm. than sort of I mean the, history at large is of course part of it but it crests with the king's the king's speech the title of the title is just the king making the speech where he said we're going to engage in World War Two. By the end of the movie, he is forced into the king's in the position of being fin- king. He's yeah. finally king, and he has to make these decisions, and he has to become the face of the British Empire. But that particular speech, you know, it's not hugely well known, especially not in America. It, it's not, uh, you know, it's not Winston Churchill saying something very witty. It's not, you know, some great playwright giving a great speech. It's not Shakespeare. Um, it's, but we get to the sense that it's actually a great big triumph mm-hmm. and uh, that they were able to sort of build up this sort of very minor point of world history and the history of World War II into this sort of grand triumph for the king. And they do it over a period really of brilliant. years. And they do it over a period yeah. of years and that they sort of saw it through the filter of the, the friendship between these two men is, is a really brilliant piece of writing. Better um, bromance they, they film. This or Due Date? I actually didn't see due date. Okay, how dare you? Okay, okay. So I'll say okay. the King's Speech. It was the one I saw. The good, good bromance movie. Okay. Good bromance um, movie, and I, uh, I really, I kind of wanted to see it because I really love Robert Downey Jr. I love the actress who played his wife, Michelle Monaghan, uh-huh. uh, who is not nearly as famous as she should be. Right. Kiss, uh, kiss, bang, bang. There baby. you go. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. She, where she appears in nothing but you know, she strips out of a Santa costume into underpants. And you're going to see her in this uh, this source code. <sighs> There right. You go. I, I, I saw. I even saw that movie Eagle Eye because she mm-hmm. was in it, which is not a good movie. But you know she's fine in it. And Shia LaBeouf, I don't hate as much as most people seem to. No, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, I can trump that. Oh dear. What, what's that? I saw Maid of Honor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, Patrick Dempsey as the Brian Walton. Everybody, throw us the thumbs. Throw us the thumbs. 
Let me tell you yeah. something. William Bibiani loves the thumb shark, and the thumb shark uh, it brings terror to me. Ah, thumb shark! Ah, you gotta look at the bottom of the screen, Wendy. Ah, the thumb shark! To really give the thumb shark its its uh, <laughs> horrific effect. Uh, audio listeners, you think I'm crazy, and there's a dog barking in the background. Um, so listen, the dog is in a. I got welcome a, to the London. Yeah, welcome kennel. to the, uh, the London kennel. We got this new dog. It's a boxer um, tulip, and I put her in a crate with like a chew toy. I'm pretty sure that in 15 minutes she went through that chew toy because now she's like, next chew toy, please. And she knows that I have a guest in the house. But last week with Doug Jones, I left her out, right? And everything was fine. But she found these 1950s antique Christmas ornaments. Oh, no. Gone. Like, I found the pieces. It looked like a massacre. I was like, like, remember when you and Doug Jones were in here talking and I left the room? I was totally cleaning up these little reindeer ornaments from the 1950s. Oh, is that what you're doing? I thought you were just being rude to Doug Jones. I wasn't being rude to Doug Jones. I was like, I was like, let me do some damage control. I go into the living room, and I see this reindeer head, like staring at me, lifeless, just like in that that uh, in like that the happy smile on the reindeer face was like, you left me here to die. Like you let this animal kill me. And Tulip's just standing there with like the straw. Like they didn't pack stuff like they pe- like they didn't pack stuff to animals. Like they like mm-hmm. they packed it with like straw back in the day. Right. And there's straw everywhere. It was like she she raped the scarecrow from from Wizard of Oz. She like murdered him. There's just straw all over the living room. I'm like trying to not be rude to Doug Jones and trying to clean it up and throw away the stuff. And I, I told Laura, she's like, "Why was the dog out? Put it in the crate." This is what happens when you put it in the crate. Welcome to my world, Geekscape. I tar- <laughs> nice story. All found found the reindeers on eBay for a pretty affordable price, and I, I replaced them. All so. as well. All, all is all well, unless you're stories, All dog stories I hear are like that, though. Somebody, you know, complains about the dog eating their grandma's ashes or something. So uh, if I ever get a dog, I'm just going to find the most valuable thing I have. That's like this great complete works of Shakespeare from, like, 1871. You do? I do. Well, yeah, just ruin it so, right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, I'll just put it in front of the dog and let the dog savage it. And right. perhaps that will get it out of the dog's system. Well, then you know, it that, That'll be sort of the, the sacrifice. 30 bucks at the pound and your most dear antique is it to be or not to be? it is to, to not be i i, I mean i, I, I think i wish you didn't do that i wish you hadn't done that <laughs> you're hurting whitney on the inside you're hurting him whitney what else have you seen this year like like not maybe not just like like the huge stuff like uh, like 127 hours and the black swan and stuff like that and yeah, true grit you didn't you didn't you, you, didn't, you, you didn't kick it you kicked well, out I, a crazy I, list I, I i made up the movies on my you made list, up some crazy right? ass list that no, may never how do we how do we, how do we publish that list whitney it is insanity Actually, thanks to your list, though, we did discover that there was a problem with the site and Google uh-huh. indexing stories. So you helped that us. Been published. That was like you're oh, like okay. uh, you're like story you're like sneakers. Oh, that's oh, but not yeah. available on the site. If you looked me yeah. up on Google, you could have seen. You're my like list. sneakers. You're like uh, uh, well, I, I Robert to, Redford in Sneakers. I wanted to think that I was just on a completely different wavelength. I think my top ten movies, five of them were like volumes of horny grannies i loved um, your comics list though it was batman beats up children <laughs> why didn't we publish you know what we can't talk about this and then not publish it like well, that no, I, like it, it's the, honestly, the audience is going to want to hear this hilarious well, there's a certain there's a couple of sections that just aren't appropriate oh there's that <laughs> whitney if you want to publish a list like this let's do it we'll put it up on like a uh, humor well i i, I didn't Put, I, I'm not really up on a lot of the new video games and new comics. That's fine. You know, any That's video fine. game made after like 1997, I just I'm completely. Clueless what did you play on. prior to 1997? Uh, well, I, Wing I, Commander, right? Is the shit. 
I, I was really big on Star Control 2. Okay. Uh, I really liked The Seventh Guest. You know, back in the days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had a... Those I recently was able to get a top-loading NES. I've been going mm-hmm. through back through all of my old NES games and finishing the ones I never actually finished. What were some I, of these games? I actually games? finished Metroid, for instance, for the first oh. time. Back in the day, I never finished it. <laughs> you wouldn't have bought that game if you'd known it was a chick, right? <sighs> Quoting our own Tim um, Jennings. No, actually, I, I knew I knew Samus was a woman before I got the game. So you were one like, of my friends had one like of those hard like, the, the secret, time the secret codes where you put it in and you can play where, where you have all of the weapons and she's mm-hmm. out of her outfit immediately, like when, when you start off. Do you, what else did you play? Did you beat Russian Attack? Never played Russian Attack. Okay. I finally beat the second quest in The Legend of Zelda, though, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> I know, but, I know this is like an accomplishment no, 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 most what, people what, brag about when they're in like the, the fifth grade, no, but I finally went back and I finished the second quest. No, no, no. Uh, the how old are you, Whitney? I'm, I'm 32. Okay, so you're, so you're my age, right? I'm, I'm, I'm 31, 32? I, 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 I forget, I forget, right? I just turned 32. Happy birthday. And in 97 is that year that you lose, lose you like leave home, you go to college. Yeah, I went to college out of state. And there's that so disconnect with you are not able to buy yourself a console. So the last console you played was like the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo. So that was the last Maybe one. Maybe really... well, N64 came out in '96. So yeah. you might have played some. I played mine because I worked at a Blockbuster, so I was able to beat uh, Super Mario 64 okay. during cleaning hours. Beautiful. I beat that whole damn Mario 64 over the course of months, over, only on cleaning hours. And every time working that Blockbuster, every time like some kid flirted over to that N64, I was looking at him like. If he fucking deletes that file. (laughs) Like, I buried it in, like, the third one, right? And I made sure when I opened the store to put the game Hmm. that was playable for the the demo as the first save file, right? So people could so futz, futz about with. So their people could futz about, but do not touch that fucking third save file. Because if that kid had done that, I would have thrown so many fake late charges <laughs> on their account. Like I would have just been late charge city on their account. I would have been like, like oh if, sorry, if, you if didn't return there, this pornography that you took from the back room. I, I would actually do that if, if like a ten year. I worked at a Blockbuster yeah. for a summer, and if a ten year old came in with, yeah, no, no, we no, all worked I, at Blockbusters. Everyone in this room worked at Blockbuster. I even skipped my last day. I was just so. Like I, I knew I was going back because to college. Because you were going to college. Back. Yeah, 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 I got written up twice summer. in that last day. And I, I still I, offered I me a manager position. I said, can, can, I, can I not come in today? So, well, there's nothing we can do to you if you don't. So I didn't. I hung out with friends. I was going back to college. I wanted to spend time with them. Did you have secret shoppers yeah. that came if, in and graded yeah, you? Yeah, yes. well, we, we did. I didn't care what Let me tell said. you something. This boy right here, in my list of accomplishments in life, I got 105 out of a possible 100 and 102 on secret shoppers. I was the. I mean, they offered me a manager position if I didn't go to college, and I was like, okay, first, first job. Let me just not take that. Getting married, hundred and five on a secret shop. I was like, I mean, on. let's just. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. But I only worked at that place because the comic book store I had worked at since being able to have a job closed down, and that was like the saddest day of my life. Is that comic book store closing down and me not being able to? Which, which store was it? It was in. It was in Austin, just like this Podunk Westlake, you know, comic books and cards and. I'd sit in there, and my brother would come over. My older brother worked at the Popeyes in the in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> my older brother worked at the Popeyes, and he would bring me Popeyes like at lunch, and we'd sit around and uh, and joke and stuff like that. And um, all I can think is greasy Popeye fingers touching. Comments yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it, 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 well, well, it wasn't proper. We, 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 we kept it. We kept it proper. We kept it proper. So, so from the window where I was sitting, right, or the desk I was sitting in the combo store, I could look out the window and I could see my brother with the spray. Uh, hose cleaning the grills 
at Popeye's, right? And there was a guy named Crazy Charlie who would always... We called him Crazy Charlie. It may not have been his, his surname. No, every, 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 been... every neighborhood strip mall has a Crazy Charlie. <laughs> so Crazy Charlie, well, we, what I didn't understand was Crazy Charlie would come and drive his car up to the, to the dumpsters that we shared, and he would go dumpster diving and fill like his back seat with all this trash from the dumpster. And, but we, didn't, we couldn't figure out how he could afford a car and the upkeep of a car while dumpster diving. Well, we we have a guy. I, work I at saw the a guy doing that guy over like here. The, he has a cell phone. We have a guy uh, who comes in, we, and I, I hope he's not watching this. We call him Wheezy. He's like this mountainous man who walks with a mm-hmm. walker, and he, he can't he can't breathe. We're convinced he's going to die in the theater. Okay, he, you know, because he, he comes in, and he's he's always at death's door. Like he comes in, and he's like he's gonna say, you know. The, the Trojans won the war, and he's gonna die. Does right Weezy there in get front in free? No, Weezy pays. Oh wow! And you know he wow. he go he pays, and then he goes into the bathroom for like twenty five minutes, and then he comes in and he sits in the back row and wheezes and you know, threatens, threatens threatens to, death. threatens to die right yeah. in front of us. But he he comes in and he has like a wide of wad of bills, and he drives like a brand new BMW, which I think he lives in. In the basement of a mall parking lot. And how do like and, there's, you know, that, there's where, that where does he get that money? And you know if if he has all that money, why is he spending it on cars? Why isn't he just paying rent? And why is he spending little... it on uh, on uh, midnight screenings of House? Yeah, and, and, and he does. He like he, he spends like the the nine fifty show, and then he stays for the midnight show. Mm-hmm. He like sees two movies, and he pays for them both. And why is he spending all this money on midnight shows of House or whatever we have? You know, Legend of Billie Jean, whatever we're showing that week. So so we, we listen to this. So we, I'm sorry, we were back kids. To no, Crazy no, Charlie. we were kids. Well, Crazy Charlie, uh, what, I would always ignore the customers who'd come in, mm. and uh, and you guys know the Remember Me story, yeah. the the, yeah. the Gen no, Thirteen. No wonder that comic book store. Closed. I was off. I was the worst employee ever, Walton. I was the worst employee ever. Uh, you guys know the story about when I didn't look up for the guy asking for Gen Thirteen, and then he threatened to. He was like, "Remember me," and he left. Uh, so, so crazy Charlie came in, and he was like, it was like, he was like, like a Terminator guy." I, I, I looked up, and it was like a 13. horror movie. Like I could barely see somebody in the store, like over the counter. I was like, "Oh my god, who's that?" Like wandering around. Usually the customers, you know, they they, they talk and stuff like that. And this guy was just wandering around, like aimlessly, right, like a zombie. And I was like, "Oh my god, who? Oh my god, it's Crazy Charlie!" And like, like I think what hit me the first to make me look up was the smell on Crazy Charlie, and he had these giant teeth. Right, like like he eats raw rabbits and stuff like that. That he kills. Right, <laughs> he came over to me. His teeth have evolved like, to swallow sharks or something. Baseball cards, baseball cards. Like Crazy Charlie was crazy, and my brother and I, we were That's we were name. we were mean. We were mean, and we plotted. Uh, we plotted. We plotted against Crazy Charlie, and this is the only time I've ever told another uh, human being that, that we did this. It was it was not nice. When Crazy Charlie was in the dumpster. We plotted that my brother would wet his seats with the spray <laughs> from the thing. <laughs> would, would, wait, it's a, it's a two-level okay. it, two prank. First you and, wet his driver's seat, right? And then you make fun of his no, mother? No, 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 no. And then you unleash the spray like it's raining into, into the dumpster to cause alarm. So he jumps out of the dumpster, gets in his car, double alarm, and it worked off like, it, I mean, it was like clockwork. Right, he wet the seat down with the spray, and, and, then, and then he hid. Throw fruit at he it. He hid, and, and he sprayed water into the dumpster, and, cr- and it was, it was like the dumpster exploded. This guy was like, Aah! he jumped out of the dumpster. He was so alarmed, right? He didn't want to be wet, and he jumped out of the dumpster. He ran around. He jumped into his like Cadillac, right? And he sat down, and there was a double like, <laughs> his seat was wet, and uh, and we thought we would get murdered. 
by with a jagged knife at that point, but he drove away. <laughs> he, he, we, 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 and I, 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 I think Crazy Charlie I'm, never found out who it was. I'm pretty sure you're going to hell for that. Yeah, um, throw it on the throw it on the heap of reasons. <laughs> it's, just, it's a long list. You're, you're one of those guys who like founded that video company where you'd pay homeless people to like beat each other up. Oh, bum fights? bum fights! I, I have bum fights um, over on my list. Do you want to borrow bum fights? Uh, no, I, I think it's I'm, I think right I'm fine over there. Bum fights okay. in my life, but uh... I, I did. Uh, a buddy of mine gave me bum fights. I did not purchase it myself. You know the great thing about shitty comic book stores? What's that? What's that? There's always somebody ready to start another one when one goes. Down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, 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 that, that bad comic book stores are still comic book stores and therefore sacred. So I will. I will. If, even if you have, you know, the, the most horrible, Satan-possessed, self-absorbed, you know, guy who beats Alan up on Crazy fan, Charlie, yeah, guys who like beat up, who get their kicks beating up on children, asshole, running the store. I did that. You know, and and you know, there was one. There used to be one on the Santa Monica Promenade called uh, Cool City Comics. That's and, right. And, or no, Cool City was uh, across town. There, there was one in, on the promenade. There was one on the promenade. And it's it like was the like hardest the, place to keep a comic book store. It was like on the promenade. Right. It was in like the back of like this yuppie art store. It was like the back section of a store, and it was run by the most horrible human being you can imagine. <laughs> like he would he would berate you just for entering his store. And you know you. Think, I gotta help you now. Yeah, you think those guys are just you know the fat guy on The Simpsons? No, those guys you know they're they're it's real. Based on a real guy. It's based I mean, on a real guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. the guy on The Simpsons is like tame compared to this guy. You know this guy would actually he would like throw you stuff at you. You had an interaction with this individual? Oh yeah, all the time because mm-hmm. you know I wanted my comics. I would go in and just, you know get Marvel cards. Mm-hmm. Series one. You grew up out here and you had to deal with this guy as a yeah, kid. Yeah, you bet. Okay. I, 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 Heidi Ho was the, where I bought my first comic book, okay. at age twelve, Infinity Gauntlet number one, and uh, th- and I would go to this other one when it opened up, and you know I would go in there consistently because he had other stuff. But yeah, th- th- what's the worst this, interaction you had with this guy? Uh, he threw something at me. He threw he threw something at he you. Th- like I went in and and I said you know I, I was going to buy something and I was just sort of looking around and I, I didn't want to buy anything that day. It was just wasn't good. I, and and he, I guess he felt like I let him on because the next time I went in there, he ha- he found this little plastic case where you ca- you keep like a stack of of baseball cards, one of those little plastic coffins. And I, I said, hey, and he kind of sneered at me, and I started to look around, and he threw something at me, it hit me in the back. <laughs> I mean, it didn't hurt or anything. And he said, yeah, I remember you. You're that asshole who said he'd buy something. And you're going to do something this time? And I was like, what? what? Sorry I, I didn't I, buy anything. You know, I'm, I'm like 13, oh, 14 years old. the best motivational device is yeah, throwing like, something at some kid. Like bullying a kid into buying. I guess that's a way to get money. We, but, had uh, this, we had this guy named Sandy Futterman who loved Todd McFarlane and everything about Todd McFarlane. Oh, Todd McFarlane. And Image. Yeah. Like, he loved Image. Like, yeah, that, Image was mid-90s That was, that was like the prime image. of our, our right. co- comic collecting days and was when Image was This kid was, was all rise. about Image. And, and he got so upset with me that I did not save him uh, like a like an alternate version of the darkness number one he was he goes you didn't have your, you didn't get my darkness and i go no no you have an issue with the darkness he goes no 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 the foil like like what killed comics right mm-hmm. sandy futterman and he was the nicest guy but he was so upset like i really the, feel the like i failed covers him. and all the rest we, we, had, this, and those, we had this guy philip acosta who would come in and he would look at the rising prices of comics and he, and he had this mole like on his face right like right here no no well, I got one of those. I, I well, you you have a nice so. you have like a, like a normal mold. This guy had this fucking thing. It looked like it looked like it was gonna. It looked like the goddamn gate. It looked like the damn thing was gonna split open and like tendrils. Like it was gonna leap on your face. <laughs> I like used to think from uh, from how to get ahead in advertising. Yeah, I used to call it. It was like a, it was like a him. spore creature. And so he'd, when he'd walk by, I'd go. <laughs> 
like it was gonna open up and like seed me, right? And, and so, eat, eating so, small animals. So nearby. as these prices went up, right? He'd be like, "Too much, dang! Too much, dang! How how much is that?" Oh, it's a it's a foil cover, so it's like it's like eight fifty or like something. Two ninety nine, three fifty. Oh no, it didn't take much. And you're like, yeah. too much. Hey man, how much is that Johnny Homicidal Maniac? <laughs> like, like he'd go for like the collector book. I, I, mm. It what's crazy about him is like a normal book, two ninety nine, three fifty. Uh, when it would be like a huge like anniversary edition, it would be like, like two ninety nine or something. Three hundred or something. He'd he'd be like he'd complain. I got that one. This dude probably bought like my Poison Elves number like one through six <laughs> from me for like a hundred bucks. He spent so much money on like my po- remember Poison Elves? Yeah. Uh, like the creator vague, died. Yeah. It was like, like an I indie like, book. Yeah. I, I saw it on the shelf. I never actually. And Johnny read the it, Homicidal though. Maniac. He bought oh, a yeah, shitload yeah. of that stuff from me. It's like damn, too much. You know where all he'd complain are. about the dollar, but he would, but he'd go and spend forty. Too you know, much. To, to each their own, you know. They, they, too we, all, much. we all have the things we value. All those uh, shitty comic book store owners, now they just run a booth at Comic Con. Like yeah, all together. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if you ever just wanted to feel like an asshole for what you're into, walk mm. around the dealer's end of the Comic Con floor. I won't go down there. Dude, they like, are angry. They'll say, they'll say, what are you looking for? No matter what your answer is, their re- reaction is always. Whitney, do you go to Comic Con? I went to one. I uh, a friend got me tickets for Christmas one year. Well, well, Merry Christmas, Whitney. You're one of our writers, so you can Indeed. just go to Comic Con as a, as press. Uh, that'd be fun. Would you enjoy that this year? I think so. Okay, yeah. you room with Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> there's a caveat. Can, can, can no, I'm I room a little? You're first here. Yeah, after, yeah, we've been doing it for four, three, four years in a row. So you take them this time. I've been getting some emails from Gilmore, and they're they're a little little gushy. Um, no, you're great, right? We enjoy having you on the site, man. You guys really should you. go on the site and, and read. And and uh, and as we clean up the site, we're going to give you your own section so that it's easier to find your writing. Okay. Is that okay with you? That we promote you? E- easy to find my writing? Yes, yeah. I, I think okay. I approve of you promoting okay. me. Yeah. Um, He's got his own blog. No, 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 no. We're no, no. Your own well, uh, he. he <laughs> He does have his own wow, blog own where you can wall. where you can read further re- writings of the, of Whitney S. Siebold Esquire. Uh, it, it's Siebold. Uh, Siebold. I like. Can we say Siebold? No, I'm kidding. Say, say so what you like. You know. So if, if it's in print, it's fine. You have your own blog. I do. Nineties image comics. Siebold. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Death Fist. And I only lasted. Death Flow. Death Flow. I lasted three issues, and then Supreme came in and ripped my guts out. Yeah. Um. So, Whitney, uh, one there. have you heard of this dark, uh, Ron Howard and, and Brian Grazer are doing a, a Dark Tower uh, okay. series, and they're doing a TV series bookended by major motion pictures. Well, it must be like a miniseries. It's got to be right? a huge epic. They want to get these actors, uh, the rumor is that, they're, that they've got the, the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men, not Josh Brolin, but... Uh, but, Anton Sugar. Yeah. What's the name of the? Uh, what's his the name, name of the Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, or somebody like uh, somebody like that, or 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 a, or a Viggo Mortensen. Okay. And kind of these dark characters. And you can understand that person being in like these huge movies, but then well, uh, but Viggo then, Mortensen was already in that twelve-hour yeah. thing. <laughs> but then but then tying them up for a TV series in in between, or like a series of miniseries in between, is like what they're talking about. Doing as well. That's they've been, the rumor. They've been talking That's about this sort of thing for years. I re- if you remember, JJ Abrams was one of them. No, they wanted to like tie. Yeah. I, I even remember back when I was in high school, they tried to tie in the Spider-Man comics with the Spider-Man 
newspaper comic. Oh, if, you if anybody yeah. remembers that, they, yeah, they tried this. Yeah, the one Stanley wrote. Yeah, Stanley wrote it, and it, you know they, they had like a single exchange every day in the newspaper, and then you'd read the comic to tie it up. And you know, Southland Tales, they wanted to make a movie and a comic. Southland Tales, and we, and we read the comic, and then we had we, we interviewed. Uh, uh, the director on the show and this and that and Southland Tales was just one of those projects that like oof. Southland Tales is another one that kind of made my face explode it's just you know weird futuristic but not too much in the future and there's mm-hmm. time travel and porn stars and you know who knows God knows what else is he making movies just for himself well I, I saw his film The Box yeah which, uh, so did I which is also a, a little bit effed up but uh, this is uh, what's his name Kelly Richard Kelly Richard Kelly yeah, yeah. um not David Kelly. No, Richard Kelly. Richard, and, Richard uh, Kelly, yeah. Definitely not Matt Kelly. Not Matt Kelly. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Kelly is one of our writers on the site. And writers... But maybe he's is moonlighting. Being you never nice. know. But, uh, so, um... But yeah, it's, it's, I like that they're, they're actually... We've, we've reached a point in sort of pop culture geekery that, that people can actually propose projects like this and they're actually seriously With considered. the ancillary media. You know, like a video game ties into the movie, ties so, into the comic, right? Uh, Has that ever the un- worked? It, it's, the problem is it hasn't ever really worked well. So, you know, that, that they, they're given leeway to do it, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. and it, Which means at some point it's going to, but it hasn't really worked yet. Because I know from the game end of it, they, try, they wanted to do the same thing with, like, Advent Rising. That was supposed a, to be a, a, movie a trilogy and, a video game. and then a movie, and then the first game couldn't even sell... Like a hundred thousand copies. Really? I, well, I mean, what they should do is just make the game and then make the movie independent of the game, and that, or just I think everything should be self-sufficient. Movie, you know? know, I think everything should be self-sufficient, well, or well, else I, I was you're about to losing say, the market. I was about to say, if you're a little too, there's this whole trend now with this sort of everything has to be part of this super narrative. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a film be a film in itself. Like I, I watched the last Harry Potter movie, and that was just a catalog of what happened in a book, which mm-hmm. I haven't read. You know, it, it it was clearly made for people who had read the book, who were familiar with the the story, who that's knew what was going a review, on. Yeah, and um, yeah, that that, and you know, that's not just the Harry Potter though. It's everything. You know, we're we're trying to refer to something else. Every, you know, it's become this sort of geek pretentiousness. I kind of feel that I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, no, but no, I kind of feel that way about the about the the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. That it, it was more about literary fealty than it was about trying to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel that way about the upcoming Avengers movie. You know, all of these movies leading up to it aren't going to be autonomous films that are going to be successful in themselves. They're all leading toward this big sort of vague narrative that you have to be really well But you had read the Lord on. of the Rings books before re- watching the I actually the hadn't. I'd only read The Hobbit. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I don't know how accurate And you did not enjoy the Lord of the Rings movies watching no, them for the first time? I, I enjoyed I them I thought those were sound fine. as films. I, I thought they were good as films, but they yeah. were clearly... You know, they were clearly trying to pad it out and include things in the film that really made the pacing weird, and there was all this extra special effects. Did you watch the director's cuts? I saw the director's cut of the the first third. No, oh, I the, love the those Fellowship things of the so Rain. much. I love my I love my directors. I, I love those directors. And I have cuts. to confess, I didn't see a lot of the second one because I was making out through most of it. Yes, but, uh, no, it's good. It's good. But I did, I did, so I saw the movies, but I feel that was the kind of story that could probably be told in a single three-hour movie mm-hmm. rather than, you know, three, four-hour movies. No, no, you got to pat yeah, it for us nerds. And, 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 so, and I mean, so those movies were all, commercial successes, so you can't... And they were successes. So I think it was won, successful in so, the four-hour version. And, and that sort of set a precedent, which is allowing people to make, you know, Captain America Golden Thor, Compass. G- Golden Compass. Right. Which was a great, great book, by the way. I read mm-hmm. that one, and I thought the movie was really great. 
Iron Man two did feel like it's like like the the whole setup for the Avengers did really hurt Iron Man two in my yeah. in my in my like opinion. like a whole extra story that 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 really all, like an extra thirty minutes of screen time that was just completely unnecessary. That was tough. It, it felt it felt mixed, and, and I've, I've, I still I'm really enjoyed afraid it. that they're going to do that with you know they're making a Captain America film mm-hmm. and a Thor film, and it, I feel that they're only making these films to set up for the Avengers film, which is being done by like Joss Whedon or something, yeah. and. I, in, in well, my you mind, know this, don't, don't pretend you don't know that. Well, I, I'm come on, geeks. And uh, I don't know. I feel like th- there's no way this film can be good or successful. It's going to be like The Watchmen. You know, everybody's going to really, really want it, and they're all going to see it on opening weekend. Discover that it's not that great. And it's not going to be commercially successful. And, yeah, it's it's like right. going to have a huge opening weekend. Maybe even get a sequel. Right. But it's not going to be really remembered in the annals of cinema. I um and, did you hear this rumor about Jeremy Renner's being uh, Hawkeye being kind of the extra post credit scene on the Thor movie? How they're going to kind of introduce Jeremy Renner's character and in the, in the sort of after, in the sort of after thing, in the, the same way they, they introduced Nick tackling. Fury at the end of the first Iron Man or, or Thor's hammer. Was Thor's at hammer the at the end of Iron Man, Iron Man two. two yeah. I, See, I don't mind. I don't those. mind that at all. Yeah, if, what happened to these short films? The yeah, that, that's sort, that's sort of think, like a, a cute yeah. extra short. You know, they're they're Disney, giving this big like super story arc as an afterthought, which is is fine. If they're trying to weave mm-hmm. it into the other movies, then the other movies aren't going to feel like movies. Right. It's going to feel like there's a bigger. It's like, like like it didn't really begin. It didn't really end. We're just seeing a bunch of events and we're a bunch of bored. pieces of fabric instead of the, right. the entire. I'd quilt. rather have a film that ends in some sort of meaningful fashion. If I could hypothesize, oh, hypothesize. Me. Walton's hypothesizing. I believe it started with Clerks. I start think with clerks. the self-referential circle jerking started when you made a movie that was nothing but pop culture references about mm. Star Wars. And suddenly oh. that showed Hollywood, hey, we can make movies that aren't actually stories of anything, but just references. And then... Well, if you I, I, start think, uh, I think I think it was. I think that's that's very valid. Like this generation, I think it, it was the Clerks ripoffs. I think they have to point to Clerks because Clerks was actually trying to capture how a certain breed of geek actually talked, right? And trying mm-hmm. to actually have this sort of realistic conversation, which is goes back a little further to Richard Linklater. If you see yeah. something like Slacker, and you know, he's trying to capture these sort of there's which great, goes even further back to someone like Robert Altman, who well, was like our Robert who was Altman, our first who, yeah, conversation we before the. Earlier. But the yeah, the, the sort of very naturalist version yeah. of, of like the way younger people speak. You know, if you watch Slacker, there's this great conversation people have about the Smurfs and how they mm-hmm. reproduce, and they, and it, it's completely meaningless and it's completely frivolous. But is it does compi- ca- capture a very Slacker sort of is the one he shot before Days and Confused. Well, it's in Austin. Now I'm thinking back to Donnie Darko and wondering if that scene where they talk about the Smurfs reproducing was is, a callback. Uh, which most, is most self-referential, was, yeah. which there's our whole conversation. Although it, that that conversation about the Smurfs having sex has, has become no, sort of... Smurfs, it, it, you, it, it you was get a meme wet. before the word meme was popular. You pour water on them and they replicate. I thought, I thought you cut them in half and two grew back. Yeah, you can do that. I think those are snorks. Um, or munchies. Munchies. Munchies, hey, what uh, forget munchies? it. What Yes! You have munchies. Uh, I believe Matt Kelly sent me munchies. Thank you, Matt Kelly. If you don't know munchies, Gremlins rip off. Like uh, Spookies kind, and kind Ghoulies. Entertaining, maybe. Um, guys, um, I don't mind them. What, what, what I'm wearing, it, the thing is, once every all these Marvel films kind of consolidate to Disney, remember the rumor that Disney was going to hire uh, 
filmmakers, up and coming filmmakers, mm. indie filmmakers, uh, to do shorts based on their characters and expand their universe in Pixar like pre feature shorts mm-hmm. where maybe you'll get a little bit of Doctor Strange maybe you'll get a little bit of the Black Panther that maybe, sounds I great I think that was cool uh, I, that, that does sound great uh, provided I, th- I think those should be like theatrical shorts I think if they're going to yeah. make shorts they need to bring them back into the theaters yeah yeah they would be like Pixar movies where you get okay, a short before a short. the feature that's cute that was the idea that I saw in that press release that they were going to be finding people it's do that. Danny Rand in a short yeah like Danny <laughs> Rand or Power Man or something like that I, I gotta <laughs> tell you though folks at, folks at Marvel um, uh, Speedball can you guys hold on to that one for me? I just want a little speedball, and I'm not I, talking I just, about I'm not talking about me, uh, the guy who like tortured himself after the end of Civil War. What was it? Well, he became penance. He became penance. In, in Civil War. I want I want speedball. Think I, I, I just Think want it. Warlock and the Infinity Watch. That was the one that turned you me like into the comics. Jim Starlin like space oh, well, epics in Marvel universe. You like the Jim I, Starlin I, stuff. I like it because that that's where I started. Yeah, uh, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. I said the right Infinity there. Gauntlet number one was the first. I was twelve years old. It was the first comic I ever bought. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my intro to comics was actually a friend of mine, a guy named Wes. Hi, Wes. Hey, Wes. Uh, who collected the Marvel collector's cards mm-hmm. and before I had even read a superhero comic I had memorized like the mythology of Marvel because we would pour over these cards and compare stats and make imaginary you know dream teams you know in mind you know Cannonball and sure. Mor- Morbius and I was like I was like Cannonball like like he, he you know the, the, like the he doesn't Guthrie fly, just sort of explodes Sam Guthrie air. wasn't that his name uh, Cannonball and he Guthrie. came from like West Virginia so he's Kentucky. Kentucky. Coal mine in Kentucky. Hey, Kentucky. <laughs> this is what I, this, this is what I theorized. Did, were you part of this conversation? Are you, are you from Kentucky? I'm from Southern Ohio. On the Ohio okay, I so Kentucky every morning. So Kentucky, right? And I was talking to, uh, I was at at ZombieCon with Stephen Lindsay. Hey, Stephen, one of our uh, listeners is a comic book creator. He creates the very funny Jesus hates zombies, and uh, and um, who else? Ben Templesmith, who did like the cover art for Jesus hates zombies, and also did Jesus like hates zombies. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of in- Thirty Days of Night. He co-created oh, okay. Thirty Days of Night. So Ben Templesmith and, be really and fun, like, after Stephen Jesus Lindsay gets resurrected because he is himself. A we're zombie. talking about the Guthrie clan, and this Excuse is this me, is, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, this is a story that I would want to pitch Marvel. Marvel, if you're listening, this is a story I can write for you. It doesn't have to be a miniseries. So, remember a couple years ago in the, in the Marvel Universe when they took a mutant hormones and it was like a street drug that makes you like... That gives you superpowers Gives you superpowers for, for like a yeah. little while, NGH, but it had... Man. NGH, NGH, MGH, <laughs> mutant growth hormone. Did you know about this? No, this, this, this is, is this story. new to me. So I was joking that coal mine towns of Kentucky, where the Guthries are from, they smoked it like crack... Because you know, a lot of go, go, like coal mine towns are inflicted with uh, like heroin yeah. meth problems, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, They can't afford heroin. They, they, so, so, so I was thinking, <laughs> like, like, call ice. like the Guthries are, are this mutant family that have all their sons have like mutant powers. Mm-hmm. In fact, wasn't what one, if, one of the members of Generation X? Was yeah, it Guthrie, yeah. Wasn't it, well, it was yeah, Cannonball. Paige, Paige Guthrie was in Generation X. She then went on to be an X Man and dated Angel. And so, so you've got these Guthries, go. all these Guthrie kids, and I'm thinking they were all crack babies from their parents <laughs> smoking MGH while they were pregnant with them. So it's like fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, fetal alcohol syndrome, powers. but with ma- ma- like mutant powers, and it's the Guthrie clan. And it's kind of like uh, Next to Kin, that movie with, uh, with, with Patrick Swayze <laughs> with Liam Neeson, and Liam Neeson and, yeah. and Helen Hunt. Like, like Marvel, what do you think? That'd be cool, like a Guthrie clan movie where the Guthrie clan, who are like this back group, Warrior Woods of Kentucky, like they get their powers from, like their parents smoking MGH crack, while they're pregnant with them, and then they come out with powers. I, I, I can't. It would explain a lot. I've, you know, the, the superhero family has has 
kind of been done, but uh, not like this. The, the superhero like family that gets their powers from crack smoking baby crack, origins, smoking mutant crack. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, X babies versus the crack. Babies. Sure, what the yeah, hell? X, X crack babies. Superheroes are hot right now. Sure, what the hell? I think we should, let me write. Let me write this down. X crack. Whitney Siebold signs off on it. Marvel take that. I think so. I, I think, think so. Oh, superhero moves. You think I got something like that? Uh, kick, kick ass. I, I, think I kick really, ass really hated kick ass. Yeah, I, I hated kick ass too. But 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 I listen, think, listen, Walton. And they're making and a sequel our, as well. Okay, really Walton, make your argument that kick ass ruined superhero movies and killed it. I don't think it necessarily was the final nail in the coffin, but mm -hmm. I think it's the movie where people came out going, I don't know if I can take much more of this, and yeah. then they got hit with Iron Man, which no. a little bit disappointing, mm -hmm. a little bit of superhero overload, and no. I think if if well, Mark One Spider-Man doesn't let me, let me Thor tell you. don't come out with a little bit of more simple story we can just accept and enjoy. I'm putting you through the uh, jo Jonathan here the jo Jonathan argument machine, and I will counter. I, I think that's that's just superhero oversaturation in general. Mm -hmm. Kick-Ass, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and I think Kick-Ass like, was... Kick -Ass, I think, was a comic book, but even before it was published, they started work on the movie. It's like, you know, one of those John Grisham books where they start the screenplay at the same time they're writing the book. Like the Bellingham Brief? I don't case, know. Case in point. Rainmaker. Rainmaker, yeah. Rainmaker turned out to be a better movie than a book. Uh, this is what I argue, is that um, it's its own genre, right? Like well, the Western, like the thing of this, right? It's not a fad. This, this um, kick-ass, nobody saw it, so nobody got that distaste in their mouth for the genre. Hollywood may have, because of the financial failure of the movie. Did but, it fail? But, I thought it was a it success. Failed. It okay. failed, but it, but, it, but, it, but it wasn't financed by Hollywood. It was financed privately by the, by the filmmakers themselves, and Lionsgate picked it up for distribution. Okay. So it made its money financially based on that acquisition, right? They, they, right. Uh, they invested in that movie by themselves. Well, they made that movie themselves. Had Hollywood invested in a flop of that size, yeah, I could see how they would have been like, oh, this doesn't work. And then you got DVD. It was a success on DVD. So commercially, and, and I, I everyone the, made the character their money of, back. of Hit Girl was so notorious. Like Hit Girl was yeah, mentioned by was the critics thing. who hadn't even seen Kick Ass. It was Kick a, Ass it was made Kick Ass was a success on on enough levels that we're gonna get the Kick Ass too. The comic's already out. We're going to do it. Kick um, to Balls to the Wall. Is the balls to the Walls. Um, and, and you know what? Iron Man 2 made a crap load of money. Thor's going to make a crap load of money. Not oh, made, I can't not, wait for Thor. Thor. Thor's gonna make, it's going to be so weird. Masters of the Universe? Oh, it's, uh, Krull. Yeah. Krull is the it's one. Be, you think it's going to be Krull? Yeah, it's because you know, we're going to have like... These are going to make money. It's going to be like, great. Like, like, I didn't say it's not going to make money. Ancient, I don't think it'll kill it. As long as there's money to be made, I don't think anything's going to kill it. You think the audiences will stop coming to these movies, Walton? I think people... You know what? Well, that's another reason I think I don't think Avengers people are going to start coming. Gonna... I think people are just going to start bitching louder. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Well, that's, that's another reason I think Avengers is just going to kind of kind of collapse. I think it's the the whole thing is kind of shaking under its own weight. I'm at this excited point. for all of it. Well, it's like for every Red, we get like two shitty movies. I... Red was good. Did you like Red? Oh, Red was okay. Yeah, it was okay. How yeah, Mary? Just those actors, I think, made Red. Did you see this uh, rumor on our site that Nightmare Before Christmas might get a sequel? It, like Paul Rubens in an interview said that he'd love to work with Tim Burton again, but he's busy with uh, the, um, the the Pee Wee movie. Well, or Pee -wee well, show well or Tim Burton. Well, 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 Tim Burton is busy with uh, the oh, Dark wait, Shadows. Wait, 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 we have somebody slashing. Their the, uh, yeah, now. the Dark Shadows, and now he's in. in Tim in uh, Paul Rubens was like, oh, and he's also going to do the Nightmare Before Christmas sequel. And Henry Selick said he did. He'd never wanted to do a, a sequel to that, but 
Do we need a Nightmare Before Christmas sequel? Oh, we, we don't. That's that's another like, issue of like the studio making a sequel because right. for fans rather than... The sequel uh, game didn't work. Oh, there was a game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember the game. What do they got? The Nightmare Before Easter? The Nightmare well, Before the Fourth of July? The, the, the whole point is that, you know, the, the lead character of The Nightmare Before Christmas, this, this evil yeah. skeleton needed love in yeah. his life. He needed something kind of affectionate. He could still be this dark monster, but he could still be in love. And he found this creepy, creepy the stitch together. Before Valentine's Day. Yeah, I would think the Valentine's Day might be the appropriate dealio. But, I mean, but, it, you know, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas... It was Halloween it, it's, it's versus done. Christmas. It's, it's yeah. done it. It's... It, I don't... No, no. Perhaps. No! Wait. The Daydream <laughs> Before Mem- Memorial Day. The, yeah, here... Well, here we go... You know, and, and you know what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to make it and the whole default thing ever since like I think 2000 you know they, they sort of been, Hollywood's been rebooting a lot of their properties they did a really dark Robin Hood they did a really dark Batman they did a really, really dark James Bond uh, Tim Burton himself did that really horrible really dark Alice in Wonderland and you know that's sort of their default position now if, if it has to be good and serious and new they have to make it darker than it was before it doesn't make it good mm-hmm. it just makes it darker Did and you, they're uh, going to try to do that if they're going to make another Nightmare Before Christmas they're going to try to like get into the goth market they're going to try to darken it up they're going to try to make it gritty and it's going to be a bad movie and people will start eternally be having conversations about whether it's good or not but I it have clearly faith. isn't I, I have faith if Henry Selleck no, is involved I would have faith because he's three for three I mean his James and Giant Peach was great yeah. Coraline was great if Henry Selleck is involved Mon- Monkey Bone was iffy <laughs> well if, if Henry Selleck is involved I could muster up some excitement for it oh he did Monkey Bone he did Monkey he, Bone he's three for four but if, if no, uh, look, look great Monkey Bone yeah. I liked all the animated he's stuff. three for four unless you have you know he's three for three if, if uh Chris Kattan is not involved And uh, I would say that's Those are pretty good odds If he's not involved I would say that that's A, a, a bad deal Did he also do Princess Cor- uh, The Corpse Bride? No Tim Burton yeah, directed Tim Burton that directed. Yeah. Um, We have news on the site About this new Spielberg Produced TNT show uh, Called Falling Skies This thing looks expensive It is a uh, it, is like <laughs> a it is like a resistance Fall of man type uh, series with Noel Wiley leading a resistance against aliens who have already taken out the United States or uh, like like society. Okay. Have you seen this ad? No. It, looks it came like, out of nowhere. It looks. I like never heard of this show. Battlefield Earth done well. It, okay. It's like it's like the aliens have come and I, just. I mean, Battlefield Earth, good idea at its core. You know, yeah. the, the beginning of this trailer, K- it's like flying Harrier jets and aliens. <laughs> that, that's a Calvin and Hobbes strip the, right there. The beginning of this ser- of this trailer, it's up on the site is. That aliens came, we gave them benefit of the doubt with, hey, maybe they're peaceful. They immediately annihilated the majority of us. Okay. And now uh, we have to fight back with like terrorist, terrorist okay. the, methods. The, the you know what I mean? Like to, we have to okay. fight back. We have to be a resistance. Isn't that the premise to the Sonic the Hedgehog series? Yeah. And now, and now, uh, now Noah Wiley is like the, the leader of this resistance, you know, the local resistance. And uh, you know what? I kind of wanted to see this show. Like I saw oh, this trailer yeah. and I was like, oh, you know definitely. what? This is not the librarian or whatever. What was it that Noel Wiley was in? The librarian. The it was, librarian. Is that good? It, I wasn't interested in it. It's fun. It's a very family-friendly uh, Indiana Jones. Okay, then maybe librarian yeah. is. It's a very light Thanks. whimsical thing. It's He's a, a lot librarian. You know what I'm talking about, right? That librarian series that he did for like sci-fi yeah. or something. No, like that? It, was, it was just two movies uh, for TNT, and the story of the librarian is Noel Wiley is this guy who never wants to leave college. 
he likes learning so much uh-huh. okay. that every few years he just finds a new major, completes all the coursework for the major, and then like blows his final or something, and then chooses not to complete the coursework and uh-huh. switches to something else. And finally, a professor goes, "Nope, you're done. Right, have a good life. You're out." And the only job that he found interesting was at this library. Well, it turns out mm-hmm. the library is actually an archive of all of these historically famous artifacts like the stuff Indiana Jones would, oh, would find. That sounds amazing. I will actually watch The Librarian now. And the first one is called The Spear of Destiny and he's actually trying to track down the Spear of Longinus before nice. these other people can. And uh, there's so many artifacts. It's basically where, where Warehouse 13 got its idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I hate to call uh, such an original fun show a ripoff but The Librarian came first. Well, I mean that, that sort of thing goes way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm but, down with this Noah Wiley now, because I I, I I liked him in um, Enough when he played like the best yeah. friend who tried to like run Jennifer Lopez off the road. He played like a bad guy. Remember that like, Noah Wiley? Yeah, he's. I, uh, I never thought I'd hear yeah. the words liked and enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. I liked. Well, I liked. Him. I didn't like enough, but I liked him in enough, and I liked the the fact that it was like Noah Wiley, super nice guy, the Rocketeer, super nice guy, trying to kill Jennifer Lopez. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that's crazy to me. I was like, I was like, really. Was, did they get the bad guy right in that movie? Because, like, you kind of start rooting for the... I was like, the Rocketeer and the nice guy from ER trying to kill Jennifer Lopez? I think they got that movie wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that sounds like a badass movie. I want those two to, like... Yeah. There, there should be, like, a twist that Jennifer Lopez is really, like, a spy. Or yeah, yeah. It was like, it, it was season, Romantic like, comedy of the year. Yeah, it was like, it's like they team up. I would watch Never that kill movie. kill my girlfriend. Wouldn't you watch that movie? The guy from... E, the nice guy from... E, the nice guy from ER... <laughs> What if Jennifer Lopez ends up being one of the aliens in Falling Skies, there produced by go. Steven Spielberg, and it's, she's part of the like the, the Resistance? Is a, what if it's a sequel to Enough? They they hire they get the Rocketeer to get his rocket suit, <laughs> and and they fight aliens using the Rocketeer rocket. That may be the best show I've ever seen. I, I, I'll watch, watch the I'll shit. Watch that show. You know what, guys? Falling Skies. We're gonna watch the hell out of it. The Fall. Librarian and the Rocketeer team up. Fallen Skies. Fallen oh, Skies. I'm, I'm, I'm even more interested. Steven Spielberg's Fallen a genius. Skies looks Really good. If you haven't yeah. seen the trailer, it's going to be up on the. Uh, it's already on the site, and it's going to be up on the. Steven Spielberg is a genius. How does he do that? I got to see this. Uh, how are we doing on time? <laughs> we got about three minutes. But oh, jeez. <laughs> we wasted Spielberg, all our time here. At this point, he's approached alien invasions from every which yeah. way you possibly yeah. can. Let's throw the rocketeer in the library. Next, he's going to have an, like an alien invasion of like. Where we only ever see the aliens. Yeah. That, I'd love to see an alien invasion flick, like where the camera is with the alien society. You know, and it's the, all nice. It's like it's like a farming video, but they're farming humans. Pretty it's much. Like, it's like, like a, it's like an industrial. And it's like, like here a, in the in like a, a film about aliens where they destroy humans, but where we're asked to relate to the aliens. Oh, you're talking about V. Oh, you got to write that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, v V is kind of doing that. The new V, which uh, comes I, back next week. Yeah, yeah, uh, it comes back next week with like the uh, original the, actress uh, who Mark, played Mark the, Singer. Uh, it's all about Mark Singer for me. Yeah, Mark Singer is the man. I got, one of the sad disappointments early in Geekscape was going to Wizard World LA, and the other disappointment was being <laughs> oh. was being there and asking Mark Singer if he would do like a little video interview with us, and he, he was like, "Nah, sorry, I don't do that kind of thing." And I was like, "Oh, oh the Beastmaster." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "But I have Koto and Poto here." I, like I could just I could start reciting Beastmaster to him, but I thought that would just creep him out. You know what I mean? For, In our last good, good, good joke. Uh, for, not mine. Friend thought of this up, but he, he really fell in love with Beastmaster on HBO yeah. back when HBO stood for Hey Beastmasters. Yeah, Beastmaster was a shit, man. <laughs> hey, but, uh, 
Also, in the wrap-up, you can read uh, Whitney Seibold's articles on Geekscape. Uh, this week, we got to put up those Star Wars prequels. Okay. Those Star Wars prequels. we got to put those up. Oh, okay. If you want to see what Whitney Seibold would Google. call... With the, Look this, them up on Google. This is Star Wars. If you want to see this is Star Wars versions. seven, eight, and nine. Episode seven, eight, nine. You know what? We're not going to wait for Lucas to give him his give us his versions. We got Whitney's versions. Those are going to be up on the site. I would I want to read these, and uh, you can also find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Look for Geekscape and uh, go to the site and buy a shirt so you can look stylish when you go to Emerald City Comic Con and meet the Thumb Shark, Brian Walton. If you buy a Heidi shirt Hoker and all that, Brian will make out with you. That's that is true. Geekscape's promise. That is true. Uh, I think I plugged <laughs> I a lot. Or someone of your yeah. choosing. Oh, okay. Whitney Seibold, we look forward to reading the rest of your words on the Geekscape website. No, we got. if we're going to talk Beastmaster, we got to do it like this. Uh, you remember that? <laughs> that's that's, a, that's an old like, yeah. Roman film. Yeah, so shake wrists. Uh, so guys, we'll see you guys next week on Geekscape. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Whitney. Pleasure. Seibold. Seibold. <laughs>